Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. All right, back here on the Investor Coaching Show, Paul Winkler. Talking money and investing. So, Evan, what do you got? Yeah, I had uh, ran across an interesting article, and I'd been doing some extra, uh, some additional reading beyond my normal search around precious metals and gold, mm-hmm. uh, because I'd had a conversation with a friend that uh, this person's not a client mm-hmm. actually, um, but they have, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of gold. Well, I'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. And so I'd asked him. I said, "Well, do you feel any? Do you feel any better knowing you've gotten rid of all this stuff and put it all in gold?" <laughs> that's a, that's you know, an like, interesting question. You know, regardless question. of your forecast, you <laughs> know, and all, it's like, okay, so how do you feel? Yeah, I'm miserable. Really, I, I don't feel any better. <laughs> and I and I felt bad for the person. It's like it's you know, interesting. I'm I've done this thing i've did my research I, uh-huh. this is my thing and they're no closer to being happy about it uh-huh that's uh, interesting than than in a portfolio or sitting in cash or whatever somebody would be in they oh, still the jo- weren't well they still i mean, weren't I mean gold has kind of been like it's, yeah. it's been very very lackluster it, it was has. above 2000 and then it was like Bleh. right and so uh started doing just some additional reading uh-huh. and it ran across an interesting article and uh at the end of the day this author is still kind of a fan of gold, okay? Of of that wrote the article, but they made some interesting points that to me bring out what we what we talk about on the show or with clients and mm-hmm. so forth. You know, it's uh, war, inflation, plague. The events of the past few years seem tailor made to send the gold price to the moon. Yet, <laughs> yet it's not exactly the type of explosive rally long envisioned by gold enthusiasts has proven elusive. I mean, I wonder if it's that new gold rush that they had. Because you remember when they well, had all the yeah. flooding in California? I talked about that on the show. I was talking about how on, on they had all the floods, and what happened is it actually unveiled a lot of gold that had uh, heretofore not had been discovered. So they actually ended up a situation. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I, you, may, you may not have caught that, but I did talk about that. Cool. I'm, I'm kidding. That's probably not it, but it's just uh, well, look, two thousand an ounce or close. It's probably I don't know what it is now. Seventeen, yeah. eighteen hundred. Who, who knows? Yeah. Um, and so, uh, is such a move still ahead? And if so, why hasn't it happened already? Mm-hmm. And so, before I even get into the article, to me, that whole paragraph just sets up. Well, we thought. If inflation happened, if we have war, if we have massive this, we should, you know, gold should be $3,000 an ounce. And it's not. Right. <laughs> okay, where were we wrong? You know, kind of this, okay, I've got to have a new prediction. Um, and so, you know, they said, yeah, there was a run up. Uh, most of gold's move higher was already over by the summer of 2020. You know, of course, mm. COVID, the market dropped mm-hmm. for, the, you know, February, March, maybe mm-hmm. into April. Mm-hmm. But that was a pretty short-lived dip, mm-hmm. and gold had run up, and people start buying gold because the world is ending, but it didn't really get above that too much. It had already grown. 
and it said by March 2021, it had round trip back down to 1700. And while the March 22 Ukraine invasion would briefly spike gold back to 1900 an ounce, that too was short lived. Right. As gold would fall all the way to 1600, despite having a 9% inflation rate. And so, you know, we. We, and that and that's what you just said it is yeah. really key because that's what people think that yes. it should be this great inflation hedge. Right. Yet <laughs> yet it's down. Inflation is spiking and the price of gold just drops, you know, 15-20%, you know, maybe 15%. And and so it's and you look at the worst period of inflation that we've had in the country. Yeah. And it was during the 1980s and that's when gold did the worst. Yeah, and people forget that, and they they don't remember that. Why? Because the people selling them gold don't want to remind and, them of that. Yeah, and the and the workshop that we uh, take new investors through, mm-hmm. you know, has the 1982 article about you know is gold going to hit two thousand an ounce? <laughs> and finally, I think in 2021, it finally got there. Forty years later, right? And, and then now dropped it's back down, back again. down as well. And so they started talking about even adjusting for inflation. Now this did surprise me. Because mm-hmm. I I tend to look at the raw price for gold, uh-huh. and my example I talk about it's it's a store of value, mm-hmm. but it's not a way to create wealth. Mm-hmm. Yes. And a hundred years ago, a man suit was an ounce of gold. Right. Today, a good man suit is an ounce of gold. Yeah. You know, but it's not even keeping pace with inflation right now. Over the longer term, it's how, how far it's go, below, how far back did you go? Uh, on that, because, it would be because, in the article. It's like even it was almost like just a twenty or thirty year deal. Okay, all right, yeah. But it's it's only growing like one point eight percent, and it hasn't kept pace with inflation. Mm-hmm. Well, treasury treasury bills. You know, if you think about a store of value and something that has kept pace with inflation, treasury bills, which is the absolute shortest term, safest government security that's out there, has a return that is like 0.3% above inflation. So technically that was an inflation hedge, but it didn't have all the volatility that gold right. did. Yeah. Uh, and so it was, you know, they kind of come up, let me get to this one paragraph. It's, there's a few possible explanations mm-hmm. for why gold hasn't declined more. Mm-hmm. So now they're, you know, we now have this new new picture well, they're wanting to know so, why it hasn't so declined how do we, even more. How do we than explain that? the new picture? Why hasn't, yeah. it, why hasn't it been even worse than we thought it would be? Um, the, <laughs> the, so here, you know, it's like a you know quiz show. The first inflation spike in many years is changing this relationship. Like, okay, I mean, they've talked about it's a quote unquote hedge against inflation for a hundred years. That's been the selling point. Uh huh. And they're like, okay, well, maybe that's changed. <laughs> Okay. What's <laughs> well, a start anyway? <laughs> CPI inflation may be a poor measure, or distrust of its accuracy could be influencing relationship. Now that uh, now that jumped out at okay, me. Okay, okay, yeah. So CPI, the way it is calculated, folks, is you take a basket of goods. Now there are different versions of CPI, Consumer Price Index. You have CPIE, which is what stands for experimental. Uh, sometimes people refer to, to as the elderly. So you're looking at a basket of products that older people would tend to buy. 
and then you have regular CPI. You have you have CPI. You have the urban U. Uh, you know you have the wage earner, the urban wage earner. So you're going to look at a basket of goods that maybe people buy if they happen to live in a city. So there's all kinds of debate as to which one is right. And the reality of it is, your inflation rate is going to be different from everybody else. But in essence. If you look at it, it is so stinking hard to calculate CPI. And the reason is that as time goes on, products also get better. So you may look at a car today and we don't have to stick. I grew up in upstate New York and I remember having to stick a screwdriver in the carburetor in order to get it started on a cold day when it flooded right and you don't just you just don't have to do that anymore right uh you don't have you know your computers are faster than they used to be your tvs are better than they used to be uh we don't use uh vhs players anymore you know we don't even hardly use dvds anymore uh you know you have the cloud right you know so so many things it makes it really hard so it's easy to pick on cpi and pick on it as in just say, hey, it's not accurate. It's not accurate. And yeah, you're right. You can't make it accurate because there are too many variables and it's too difficult. Well, the way the way I read that was even let's just say it was accurate mm-hmm. or that they were able to do that. Let, mm-hmm. uh, assume that we've gotten to a point where we don't believe necessarily the data they're telling us. I don't care if it's. GDP I think that's, for I think the that's quarter. True yeah, and you know, everything. Yeah, people are really, really. There is this thing skeptical. of well, there's the quote unquote real inflation, mm-hmm. and there's what I think it is, and maybe I'm basing this purchase of gold on what I think inflation. You know, mm-hmm. and miraculously, the market just figures that out, and the price is the price. You know, we don't even have to have those explanations. Mm-hmm. But uh, but it's a know, lousy hedge against inflation yeah, anyway, it is. so we just got to keep that in mind. It is. It's and uh, but it's not going to do what people want it to do. Mm-hmm. And all of the data was out there through this entire article was it's not really doing much for people. It's not growing wealth that doesn't pay interest, doesn't pay dividends. You can't rebalance with it very easily at all. And your friend wasn't feeling any more comfortable. And they weren't comfortable. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the article, so we think you should only have X percentage, and you know, like. <laughs> Okay, how you much should still have some? Yeah. Of wait, wait. I, no, how much no. rat poison do Arthur, I want in my exactly. brownie? Arthur just a little bit. Good, yeah, just a little bit, right? Yeah, <laughs> and that's kind of. We, you mentioned, you know, uh, earlier the comp- the fund companies want it both ways. I yeah, want yes. active management. I want non-active management because mm-hmm. it'll sell. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these newsletters, and you know, they will bash something and then say, "But yeah, if you want to do it, you know, go ahead." And that's just honks me off as dan would say it makes me mad it it, and and it should honk you (laughs) off i mean you know there was an article i was looking at uh you know during the break it was sex lies in the in the financial media and it's going through it's talking about how you know nothing seems to work as the article started out and i was reading this the other day and the article starts out nothing seems to work anymore according to research firm Coin flip and analytics. Love that name. Uh, the S&P 500 <laughs> is down more. Than, 
Yeah, you can't make this stuff up. Uh, <laughs> is down more than fifteen percent for the year, and I'm sitting there going, "Well, no, no, the market's way up." I'm, I'm like going, "What, what, wait, 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 wait." I'm, you know, I'm reading this article and going, "I'm looking at the date. When was the article written? No, oh, it was May fifteenth, twenty twenty-three. Okay, so it's a recent article." Um, and then it, and it says, uh, according to Paul Pex, Pexniff, love that name, uh, an equity <laughs> equity strategist, um, valuations are stretched. Uh, credit spreads have widened and the market is anxious about Sweden and Finland. And, and it says, I'm scared to death of stocks right now. Another guy says, uh, I love this guy's name. Where do they get these people? Brian Smallsaver. <laughs> Smallsaver. Sounds like a Saturday Night Live skit I, It character. really does. It really does. I don't know if they made up the names for this article or not. I'm not sure. 20-something programmer with, and a social media influencer. And what's the deal with bonds? Aren't they supposed to be, save my bacon when stocks get creamed? And they're, and they're just, you know, just talking about all of this. And, and I'm going, well, wait, when was this article actually written, right? So I go further in the article and go, ah, okay, this is a Bernstein thing. Oh, you know, right? You know, you know William Bernstein. So Dr. Bernstein is really big on picking on the industry, and he says, you know, the general assertions about the emotional state of the market. He says in the article, most commonly the distress of retail and inst- and or, and this is this is key, and or institutional investors. Mm-hmm. Here it is. Who should not be getting panicked? Right. Institutional investors. They should not be. And this is institutional investors. These are these are the big money managers. These are the fund companies that you see the ads and everybody's sitting on the beach and they're just breathing nice and soft and slow and they're relaxing and watching the ocean come in and they are relaxed. And they're comfortable about their retirement. No, they're not. This is is what's really going on. And this is what we see. And you're talking about the real investor experience, Evan. This is it. And it says says that uh, during frothy periods, you know, they, you know, they, they're all risk on. And then what happens is they're, they're jaw grinding when things are looking bad and they're just wearing themselves out. And he says, portfolio and transactions of uninformed small investors and the pleasure, pain, frustration, the triumph they experience in the process. He says, so the observations, he says, is this. He says, their forecasting skills rank somewhere between that of a cuckoo clock and a ham sandwich. And a ham sandwich. I mean, it's, and that is this is the state of the investing industry. This is what we're up against. This is funny, but it's not funny. Yeah. Look at the websites of these big investment firms. I don't care who. Look at them. I'm telling you. I was talking to a set of attorneys that we work with because make sure that I don't say anything that's that's out of line. Right. And I'm always making sure that I'm very careful in my speech, right? When I talk on this radio show that I don't say anything that I shouldn't be saying. And I said, can I name names? And they said, as long as you do it in a long string of names, yeah, you're fine. And the thing is, if you go to their websites and you see this stuff on their websites, you're not lying. It's there on the website. That's in essence what we're finding is you go on the websites and you have – Stock picking, market timing, they don't call it that, though. They call it active management on their websites because that sounds, well, like I'm actually doing something. I'm putting forth effort. And if you're an American by George, you ought to be putting forth effort to get success. 
So that's the American yeah. way. That's the Puritan work work ethic. <laughs> you right. Know, right? And, and even if they're trying to walk both sides and say index stuff, then they have index plus, you know, or index with alpha. And you're like, okay, well, that's that's not an index. That's active management. Right. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. And then you go to my, my thing in the website that I actually have. There's this chart. Evan, I'm pointing yeah. it out to you, uh-huh. and it goes like this, right? Way up here, and then it goes down, 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 down. Right. Sound effects. <laughs> Sound, it's going down. What is that? That is, the chart is entitled, Not Looking Good. Average U.S. equity holding period, years. Oh, gosh. It used to be five years. Right. You know what they're at now? Ten months. And this really? isn't yes, this isn't necessarily you out there listening because you're thinking, I don't do that. Who is in charge of the portfolio? Are you watching what's actually going on? And I'm going to guess probably not. Yeah. And that is the problem. And it's just wake up. Wake up. You cannot afford to be asleep at the wheel. And then the second chart that's in this workshop that that I have, this is on diversification, but it you see these two lines right here, and it's hard to distinguish. I'm showing it to Evan right. so he can verify. They're very closely correlated. They are very highly correlated. They go up together, they go down together, in other words. And what that represents right there is sentiment versus positioning. Oh. In English, I'm, sure. I'm happy I own stocks. I'm not happy I don't own stocks. I'm happy I own more stocks. I'm not happy I reduce my stocks. I'm happy I increase the number of stocks or the holdings of the portfolio. And that is, my friends, market timing or tactical asset allocation. And most people don't realize it's happening. You were um, waxing eloquent about the ineptitude of the institutional investors and the fact that they're not relaxed some, some either. Of them, some. Yes, 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 some of them. Yes, there, there the are the occasional some ones out there, but I'm telling you, yes, there are a lot of <laughs> Yes. Well, this was from Bloomberg uh, uh, from earlier this week. After a misjudged first half, strategists face a short squeeze. And so, so picture... Picture GameStop because you were th- so you were talking so about that's, that's GameStop we with Matt about. on yeah, Friday. Matt, Matt Murphy and I were talking about that. Yeah, and you know you're betting it's going to go down, mm-hmm. and you kind of had that conversation right. with Matt. That's right. Few of the big firms foresaw the bull stampede driving the S and P 500 to such levels. Welcome to the second half. So here's the experts yeah. that are supposed to, you know, okay, I don't pay attention to this, but they can predict the future. They've got my back. Or they aren't doing that. (laughs) They're doing it right. They're not trying to predict the future. Right. And so the year has barely passed its midpoint, and yet the market has barreled through most estimates for where Wall Street thought the S&P 500 would be at the end of the year. And who'd blame them? I mean, you know, yeah, you look at the pricing and it does look frothy compared to, but it isn't ridiculous if you look at the overall you know, if yeah. you look at the, the SM, oh, yeah. SM, if you look at it in terms of price to earnings, price to book, it looks high, but in that that you can't, you don't know, right? And it's kind of like gold. You can't. You're trying to explain it after the fact. In the process, it defied the gloom accompanied by recession risks. Right? That was kind of the start of the year. We're all worried about recession. Yep. Some of us said we were in recession anyway, and Soft we just landing, haven't hard named landing, it. Yeah. Hmm? Soaring inflation and aggressive monetary tightening. All the interest rate rise. Yeah. 
and it's left the strategists who made those estimates with the dilemma. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. Huge. And so they're all, the future still doesn't work. Now the, it. Yeah. So now they're revising their year end estimates, and now you have this split of yeah, the institutional. Yeah. Well, it's gone up a lot. Now we're so going to revise that it's going to go down. We're just going to yeah. change our prediction. And and then some are, well, we think it's going to keep going up. Oh, and is it too high? Unreal. And so forth. Unreal. And and so kind of the point of that whole thing was here's here's all, you know, not all. Mm-hmm. Here's many mm-hmm. of the institutional firms with all of their economists and analysts. Mm-hmm. And they're having to play catch up. Mm-hmm. And how much money, and this is... It's a rhetorical question. I don't. It's not in the article. Uh-huh. How much money do you think they had their clients sitting on the sidelines because the yeah. market's going down the next yeah. six months? We have a 15%-ish run on the S&P, maybe a little higher. Right. And now they're going to yeah, tell higher. their clients to get in. That mm-hmm. That's the kind of stuff. You know, we talk about that all the time, and but it still goes on. It, it is the rule, not the exception right. in the investing world that people engage in these types of practices. You just don't even realize that it's happening. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. You want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there. And if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more competent investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.